0: Hey guys this is Ken Murray and you're listening to talking with TK
1: guys, welcome back to talking with TK. I'm your host Tristan Cannell, a double episode for this week and episode 90 is with one of the rising stars of the NRL in none other than Cameron Murray. Cam's currently playing for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He plays in the back row. He's an absolutely outstanding player. His, his junior pedigree speaks for itself. He was an Australian schoolboy. He was the New South Wales under 18s and t- under 20s captain as well. He's got great pedigree and he's got some amazing skills which he will continue to develop under the tutelage of the guys like the Burgess boys and G.I., etc., etc. It's an amazing story. His, his old man Corey actually used to play for Souths as well, so he's got a, his family's got an incredible bond with the Rabbitohs, and it's great to see Cameron forging his way in the NRL this year. If it's your first time here or you're a regular, just a big thank you to for tuning in. I really appreciate you helping me grow this show and spreading the message, so... Like I said, if it's your first time here, thank you. You can subscribe a few easy ways via iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or probably the simplest way: jump on the website www.talkingwithtk.com. I've got episode guides, show notes, players that you can just pre- audio players that you can just pretty much from any device. Just press play, and you won't miss a thing. If you can, two little favors: iTunes reviews. I'd really appreciate it if you've got a couple of minutes. If you can just log on to your iTunes account. Search Talking With TK, it will give you an option to actually leave a review, and also just help me continue to spread the message. Tag me on any posts on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram stories, whatever your kind of preferred method is. You can connect with me, Talking With TK, on my Facebook or Twitter, Tristan Nell on my Instagram, or, simplest way, just send me an email, TK.com. Don't be shy, send me through guest requests, I'm doing my best to work through all the suggestions and requests I've had so far. I've had some absolutely brilliant ones too. So don't be shy. Send them through. I always love to hear from people that are listening to the show. All right, guys, let's get straight to it. And I introduce Cameron Murray. All right, guys, my special guest today is Cameron Murray. Cameron is a back row for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. After making his debut in 2017, he's actually a local junior, and he's got an impressive junior pedigree, was in the Australian Schoolboys, as well as being the captain of the New South Wales Under-20s and the New South Wales Under-18s. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Cameron. Thanks
0: for, thanks for having
1: me. Absolutely. Pleasure, mate. So, obviously, I know there's going to be a lot of Rabbitohs fans listening to this. Yep. You know, it's seven in a row after last night with, with Parramatta, and, you know, the first half an hour you know, it wasn't your best footy, but once you guys switch on, you guys are very entertaining to watch. How is it being actually on the field and just playing, you know, with, I'm sure that some of these guys are your idols?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm still starstruck, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's a few moments in the game where I just sit back and um, watch you watching know, all like, the, the players, Greg Inglis and the Cody Walker, who's doing a really good job out there on our left edge. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really enjoyable to be a part of.
1: Yeah, off-season time. Like, was that your second pre-season in in this top squad? Yeah,
0: second top, like, 35 pre-season.
1: Yeah, what did you kind of notice was your biggest improvement from rookie season to, you know, getting a season under your belt?
0: Um, I don't know. Well, pre-season never gets easier, and everyone tells me that, and I certainly didn't find that it got easier from the year before. Yeah. Um, Obviously, with the... um, new structure and new head coach and like some new training structures it was a bit different but um you know the intensity was still there and, and it was really hard so it doesn't get any easier but maybe I guess um maybe a few combinations here and there are probably a bit more slick yeah. um I was probably a bit more mature I sort of knew what I what what was um what I was in for so um yeah I guess maybe just a bit more familiar, familiarity but other than that, it was, it was still pretty hard and, you know, you still have to put the hard work in.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, you're noted for your work ethic. Are you, uh, do you love training?
0: Um, oh, it's a love-hate relationship, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't shy away from it and I know that it's important. So, um, you know, uh, I'll rip in because I know that um, I'll be better for it when the yeah. season comes around.
1: Where's Where are you most competitive at training?
0: Um... Everywhere, I guess... Because
1: um, yeah. I noticed, like, cause you're good at... You obviously got a big motor on you. Yeah. The same time, for a middle forward, your, your agility is, you know, you're kind of matching some of the guys that are playing out wide. Yeah. So do you kind of take on the, the backs in the agility drills and that sort of thing? Um,
0: uh, yeah, I guess so. Actually, well, this prison, um Paul Devlin and Jared Wade, and um, we've ha- we have had a new strength and conditioning coach come in, Kato Rutherford, and they've been really... Um, Big on like rigidity in the core and and power and stuff like that. So um, there was a few sort of drills that we did in the preseason where they really tested um, our um, you know how powerful we were, how um, fast off the mark and, and our sprinting and stuff like that too. So yeah, nice. everyone sort of jumps into it. It's not always the backs that. Um, you know that it, you know traditionally it's the backs do all the long sprints and the forwards are you know um, short bursts in the ruck and stuff. But everyone sort of does a bit of everything there, yeah. and I enjoyed that too because um, you know growing up I was always kind of one of the fastest, and I, and I like to run too. So. Um, yeah I guess to answer your question I'm probably competitive in every aspect of training there is too because I try and push myself and there's a lot of boys around me that um, are competitive as well so it kind of all drives us in into a really positive direction
1: yeah so like, what do they do measure 10 metre 40 metre 100
0: um, I think I don't know if we did 40 metre this year I think we did 40 metre last year but they do um, like power testing in the gym so there's like a jump, a jump test and a okay. test how powerful your jump is yep. Um, we do a lot of um, explosive like jump squats, box squats, stuff like that especially yep. um, uh, when the week sort of shortens up and we're a, only a couple of days out instead of lifting heavy weight um, we focus a lot on power too So, um, and I guess it sort of complements the way that we've sort of game planned um, this year around playing fast and yeah. um, our explosiveness around the ruck and stuff like that so um, credit to the coaching staff they've um, you know, they've modified our training to, to really suit um, our game model and what we wanted to base our, our game on.
1: Yeah, you just actually mentioned that, that change in style. When did Anthony Seabold kind of start introducing, because it is quite different to the way that Michael Maguire used to make you guys play.
0: Yeah, so well, he obviously, he coming in last year, he was assistant coach. He obviously didn't have a huge say on the structure of training and the way things yeah. went about. Um, so he kind of... Introduced him, he probably he did a lot of planning. I, I, I'm sure in the off season with Paul Devlin and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and once he knew he had the job, um, so he probably introduced it when he got the job, head coach. And I'm sure, I've spoken to Paul Devlin before, and and he really he highly rates, um, the the work ethic and the same sort of philosophy that Sieves brings. And I think they both complement each other. Um, when it comes to game planning and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, him, him as well as Paul Devlin have probably had a huge impact on the, on the structure of the way we train and our game plan and the way we play.
1: Yeah, I've got to ask you, ask you about Anthony Seibold because whoever I speak to just have enormous raps on him. Talks about him being a player's coach, him just knowing you guys inside out and actually giving us a, giving a stuff about your families, your friends, etc., etc., from your own sort of, in your own words, can you describe sort of your relationship with Anthony?
0: Um, yeah, he, well he's a champion bloke, you know, he's um, he always comes, he's, the first thing he does, he says hello to everyone, yeah. he's real personable, but I remember sitting in on my first pre-season and it would have been the first couple of days where um, he would have got up and had a chat with us because obviously when he came um, up from Melbourne, I think it was last year, under Madge, mm. he was assigned the defensive coach. And um, I just remember him talking to us the first day. He's got, he's got a, um, a history in education, so he's really good at talking, he's really good at yeah, getting man. you focused on the things he wants you to focus on. And I remember listening to him and like I, I sort of t- took a step back and, and I knew he was head coach material. I knew he had um, you know a lot of potential, even from the first time I heard him speak. So yeah, um, yeah like I said, he's real personable. He, um, he's very persistent. In what he does, and you can tell that um, he he thinks a lot about his strategy mm. um, when it comes to um, talking to the to the group and talking to individuals, and he's a smart coach too, as you can see from uh, the game order that he's brought yeah, in time. this year. So um, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't say I couldn't say a bad word about him. He's a he's a really good coach and a really good guy as well.
1: Yeah, I was you know you mentioned defence like for you. Have you ever watched? This might be because. You're a little bit younger than I am, but back in the 90s there was a guy called Trevor Gilmeister, and he used to play for Brisbane and he used to play for Queensland. Yeah. Now, he was similar to you, only that, how much do you weigh at the moment, 90 kilos? 94 and a half,
0: 95.
1: So you're only going to get bigger. So he was underneath that. So he probably played at 89, 90 kilos for his entire career. Yeah. So he's a small second rower, yeah. but he used to snap everyone, and his defensive technique was spot on. And that's some, some of the traits that I'm seeing in you, because at the moment you're only 20 years old. So, obviously, you're playing against guys that are some... When you play against Paul Gallen, he's 16 years older than you Yeah, yeah. And then there's other guys that are peaking, even the Burgess boys, et cetera, et cetera. They're in their early 30s, late 20s. So, obviously, the development, you've only been in the squad for two years. So, that kind of development's different. But at the moment, because you're playing undersized compared to the other forwards, your tackle tech, t- technique needs to be spot on. Where did that kind of keep stemming from? And you're kind of glad that... Anthony is a defensive orientated coach as well to kind of keep that technique really high.
0: Yeah, so um, I kind of grew up, I always grew up with the same sort of uh, tackle technique that mm. I kind of do now. And um, as I've moved forward and, and moved up the ranks and, and got my chance in first grade, I've, I've had to really focus on, um, I guess, like at my selection um, because obviously... Um, you know the Madge days and, and yeah. Anthony Seibold—they're all from the um, like Craig Bellamy academy. So okay. they all sort of bring the same sort of approach, and, and it's a high emphasis on our wrestling and stuff like that. So um, my so uh, wrestling—I need I need to be good at wrestling. I need to be get it, good at getting hooks and stuff. But when you come up against big boys, it's hard to yeah. you know one on one. It's hard to tackle up top. So um, me, um, Clarkey. Cookie, we we sort of um, we have that like that up and under sort of tackle, and um, it's actually been really effective for us this year because um, Anthony Seabold he's really um, pushed to play to our strengths, and um, you know we've all realised that it's a it's a really effective tackle. So um, you know that's if I was to um, pinpoint what the what my main difference is growing up um, back then compared to now is just my smarts around um, my tackle selection and, yep. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I've got kind of found the happy medium now and I need to maintain that as well as a lot of other boys in the team.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thing when you say tackle selection. So a couple of weeks ago, you played the Sharks. A guy like Andrew Fafita, he's like 125 kilos. Yep. He's running at you. Do you have a game plan already in terms of a player like Fafita? His you is legs midsection all,
0: all day? Um... Yeah, so we did talk about we did talk about Andrew Fafita and we talked about how dangerous he was with his leg speed, um, being a, a yeah. being a kind of a bigger type of body, and also with that um, uh, offload that he had too. Yeah. So um, we game planned to be real aggressive um, around him and and kind of cut down his time. So if that meant the marker being real aggressive um, and, and ripping into his legs just to cut down his meters, that's that's what we tried to do. Um, as well as kind of stop that offload too. So, like I said, you just kind of had to read the situation and, yeah, and okay. read and, and have tackle selection. And um, you know, if you were to go low, you had to make sure that um, there were people around you knowing that you were going to go low, so that they could wrap the ball up and stuff like that. Um, you know, your game plan for the for the best of things to happen, but you know, in the game, anything can happen. And he and he actually he did get a couple of offloads off, and he and he played really well actually, but um. You know, guys like that, they're they're freaks of the game, and, um, you know, on their day, they're they're hard to stop. So we did put a big emphasis on stopping stopping him. Yeah, you know the
1: wrestling that you just mentioned? Yeah. Is that, as soon as you make Harold Matthews, is that kind of when it gets introduced?
0: Yeah, well, I think it kind of worked out really well for me, because just as I was hitting 15-16, Madge was new to the club. And he was kind of bringing that whole philosophy of, of wrestle and, and a big emphasis on um, you know getting people into the tackle, um, locking the ball up, getting the different hooks and techniques and the third man and stuff like that. So I was pretty lucky where um, uh, I had the privilege to, to learn it from a really young age. So I had a couple of years um, to kind of learn the, yep. the kind of style that the, the Rabideaus brought to defense. Um, So I'm not sure how it works now, but I'd be pretty confident that it'd probably be the same um, coming through the ranks too. So, um, yeah, I was lucky that I got to learn it from a young age.
1: Yeah, I just want to have a look at your attacking style now. And I know that you played a lot of union, obviously with school, going to Newington and things like that. I saw a try that you scored on YouTube the other day. So you were number 12. So what, you are an inside centre playing union. First question is, do you have like a secret kicking
0: game? (laughs) Me? No, I tried. I think I kicked... um, my first kick in Union it was probably halfway through the season and I fluked it, I kicked it for the winger and it bounced up and he scored in the corner, so I got a bit confident and, and every kick after that I shanked it hard so I put it in the back pocket so I'm not, I'm,
1: I'm not <laughs> Do you a, practice secretly?
0: Yeah, I'll, actually I love I love a drop goal at the end of the training session, but I don't know when if I'm ever gonna be in a position to <laughs> actually do it. But um yeah, not not really. I wouldn't ever think about think about doing it in a game. Yeah,
1: now you kind of switch between, I saw against the Gold Coast, you're playing a little bit of edge on the right edge, yeah. but you're predominantly in the middle. Yeah. There's going to be a spot next year with Angus Crichton leaving. If that, Would you move to an edge if that was to make you play regular first grade?
0: Yeah, 100%. I'd play anywhere that um, you know benefits the team, and, and I, I have um, a lot of trust in the coaching staff that wherever they put me and um, wherever they sort of different selections in the team they're mm-hmm. doing it for the for the benefit of the team so um I've I have kind of found my niche in the middle there I yeah. feel so um you know I'd be surprised if they move me out on the edge Are you but, gonna um, say
1: Sammy Burgess you got yeah, to move
0: it yeah I don't think he he doesn't mind playing out on the edge and um any time that you know if, if the Origin Stars have been away he's probably been the first pick to move out on the edge yeah. and um in the middle from the bench, but that's just the way things are going this year. Things can change. Um, we'll probably have a couple new recruits coming in because there's a few people leaving. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I really don't mind if it's a benefit of the team. And if, if I'm going to play regular first grade, I'll play anywhere.
1: Yeah, just over the off season, because in terms of your team, your team across the park is just sparkling at the moment. But the big standout is obviously the twins at the top. George and, George and Tom are absolutely killing it. Did you notice kind of in the Pre-season slash off-season that the boys were working maybe a little bit harder. Have they lost weight? What's the kind of difference?
0: Um, I don't know really. Well, like I said before, Paul Devlin and um, Anthony Seibold game plan, game, sorry, game planned mm. um, our pre-season, and I think they brought in a structure called tactical periodisation, where um, we play a lot of game simulated um, drills instead of just you know, getting hammered with um, traditional conditioning, running okay. laps and stuff like yeah. that. So I think we had a, a, a high percentage of our fitness and conditioning games with a ball in hand. So um, I really I couldn't tell you why, um, you know, the difference between their game this year this year and last year. Um, but, yeah, like you said, they've been killing it, and it's probably down to um, our structure of training and, um, our specificity mm. towards a game in training and stuff like that so part of me um, yeah they're going really well and I'm enjoying playing next to them because um, yeah, they're doing a really good work on and off the board too so yeah, yeah they're kind of back in, in real good form and it's, it's enjoyable to obviously play with them and to watch as mm. well Can do you much
1: watch much of the NBA? No. no You guys remind me a little bit of Golden State Warriors at the moment because oh, yeah. they've got a team that can go from small to big because they've got so many variety of and you guys remind me of that because at Anthony Seibold's, you know, at his hands, like literally, you could start next week and drop one of the Burgess boys back to the bench, which means that you're going for a smaller lineup, which means a quicker lineup, yeah. and then you might play a bigger team, and you want the big boppers at the start, which means that you'll move back to the bench, and the two big boys will start at the top. But that kind of variety and interchangeable ability between a lot of the players in the team and the standard just doesn't drop. That's what kind of you guys have really got me on the radar. That says that yourselves, St George, Melbourne are probably the three big contenders because of that ability to switch players in and out and just have that standard never drop.
0: Yeah, well, it's really it's really good to see, and and um, you know, it's probably due to a, a number of factors, but. Um, you know we've got a real like versatile kind of squad, and we've got a lot of good depth too. Like you said, Robbie Farrow, who's a you know two hundred and fifty plus game <laughs> yeah. experience um, origin and stuff like that, and he's our second tier hooker. So, um, like we we've got a lot of depth, and and we've got a lot of confidence in each other, and and in the coaching staff too. That um, whatever team we put on the paddock will perform, and and we kind of did show that the last two weeks where against Sharks and, uh, when we had a few players mm. out. Um, as well as la- last week against the Titans, although a bit clunky, we got the job done. So, um, yeah, it's really it's really exciting. But um, I think um, our biggest focus now is just to maintain our form and maintain um, a level head and and, and staying grounded and, and really focusing on on our next job and and what's important for the team. and What's going to be best for us um, going into our, you know, week by week and, and our next job, which is something that I don't know if you've seen Steve's talk, but he, he talks a lot about that stuff like mm. that. And, he, and he's really, that's another um, really good aspect of his coaching. He's, he's really focused and um, he doesn't get ahead of himself. So he makes sure that, um, you know, we're not dipping the toe and, and we're, we're on our game week in, week out. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Cam, take me back to the start a little bit. Where did you actually grow up? Was it botany?
0: Yeah, botany. Fantastic. Was your family always from that area? Um, so I think Dad grew up in Mascot, which yeah, is just a suburb up. Suburb, yeah. yeah, and um, my mum grew up in New Zealand. She's um, a Kiwi girl, so I think she moved over when she was about my age now. so.
1: Do New Zealand know this? Uh,
0: probably not. <laughs> <laughs> not even Madge?
1: He's uh, looking for a few players, and I yeah, think you would is. actually... <laughs> Fit the mould. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I haven't thought of it. He yet. might have to
1: show on this podcast. You yeah, might get a maybe. start next week.
0: <laughs> maybe. I wouldn't mind a trip to Denver.
1: <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, I heard that there were bunnies through and through. Now you were born in what, nineteen ninety eight? Ninety eight,
0: yeah.
1: And obviously the big march happened in ninety nine. Were they kind of were they right behind that sort of yeah. thing?
0: I was in the Priam and Dad was pushing me in the march, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if... I, I, Is there I any me- pictures? I remember seeing a photo of it somewhere. I'm not sure if it was... I don't know. I, I need to find it, but, um, I'm pre- yeah, I was in the Priam and I was there.
1: Yeah, so you somewhere. were just born into... A, they dress you up like a bunny?
0: Yeah, probably. I, yeah, there's a few photos. I, I was wearing Dad's old... um. Uh, jersey back from when he played in the early '90s too, so that was my favourite jersey to, to wear around as a kid as well. So
1: yeah, nice. So your dad, what what kind of position did he play?
0: He was a he played fullback, 5'8". He was kind of more of a back.
1: Yeah. yeah. Have you guys gone head to head in the backyard?
0: Um, not recently. He's scared of you now. <laughs> nah, You've grown still, too big, mate. <laughs> yeah. now nah, he's got a bad back. I don't want to hurt him. You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, when we were young, I used to love it. We I used so, we live in the same sort of um, like block that we did um, when I was growing up, and okay. I had a few mates that um, lived in the units uh, a couple rows down, and there was a, there's a big backyard actually, mm-hmm. um, and we used to play against each other. They were Mad Dragon supporters, so we used to dress up. My, me and my sister used to dress up in like South jerseys, and we used to play a, a charity shield against them <laughs> in the backyard and stuff like that. That's but, fantastic. Yeah, it was a pretty good upbringing if I think about it. But um, yeah, I lo- I've always loved footy growing up, and I've yeah, I've always loved South because I grew up sort of. Yeah,
1: how did these charity shields go? Did you get most mostly wins? Yeah, we won
0: all yeah. the time. <laughs> my sister, because of my sister, she was she was crazy.
1: That's a good way to start. So when did you actually start playing? Because you mascot Jets, right? The yeah, junior club.
0: Yeah, junior club. So dad played for mascot. So as soon as I, you know, came to dad and said I wanted to play footy, it took me down to Lestrange Strange Park, which yeah. wasn't too far from where we lived, um, and I just started training there, and it started from there. I think I was just turned four years old, so I was pretty young, but I loved it.
1: He started four in the sixes? Yeah. Were you a big kid? From five, fives, I think. Was okay. It
0: fives or sixes? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I played a couple years in the um, mini league. In the sevens and stuff like that, so I started pretty young.
1: Yeah, nice one. Were you a big kid?
0: Um, yeah, I think I was. Back in the day, I was pretty big for my age when I was young. Yeah. Kind of um, stopped growing around. F- 14, I think.
1: What, so you were this size at 14, oh, your height? I wasn't this your size. height Not at least. really.
0: I was, yeah, I had a frame. I had, a, I kind of had a frame when I was probably 16, 17, I reckon. But I probably haven't filled out to the last couple of years. Yeah. Hopefully. When did you first start touching weights? Um, I think I started technique um, in the gym at Mascot Oval, like l- lifting real light. Had a, mm. had, I was actually really fortunate. I had a few really good strength and conditioning coaches around me. I think I started lifting when I was 13, 14. Okay. And I was. It was only light. It was really light. It was technique, and it was probably good because it was a good introduction to the gym. Yeah. Now back to your dad.
1: Does he show you any highlights from his days? Does he have any left?
0: Um, yeah, he's got some. He's got some tapes on like the the what do they call it? Oh, know. the VHS. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> the big black ones yeah, about this big. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so um, I think he's been meaning to get it um, on a CD. So Converted we can get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, they're, st- they're stocked away down in the basement. So um, I remember watching a few when I was a kid. There was a few, like, classic games on Foxtel. Yeah, okay. 91, 92, 93, where um, he played as well. So I w- I've seen a bit of him, but I, I actually haven't seen a-, a whole lot of footage of him. So, um, yeah, it's probably something to do, get get a burn onto a CD and yeah. watch him play, because I haven't seen a lot of Especially
1: it. back in the day, because it's not like now. Now Fox Sports show every single game. Yeah. Even Reserve Greg gets shown. It's like back then, I think, just remembering from my childhood, I think they had one on A B C and they had two on Channel Nine. So literally five or six games won't show. And that's why we listened to the radio so much, because to find out the results you needed to and we didn't have phones. Yeah. So to find it out we actually had to switch on the radio and actually have a listen. So it'd be interesting to see. how many first grade games did you end up playing?
0: Eleven, I think, or twelve, I'm not yeah. too sure.
1: Has He's he got even... all the jerseys? Do they get to keep all
0: the jerseys? He's only got one, I think. I've only seen one. He might have a few stocked away. Yeah, yeah, but I, he's only had he's only got one that I know of yeah. the one that I used to wear around. What
1: about you guys? At the end of a game, do you have to give your jersey back?
0: Yeah, it's it's um it's different. So um some sometimes with like a, a like a special round like mm-hmm. Indigenous round, we got to keep our Indigenous jersey. Well, oh, they were good too. Yeah, they were nice. Um, ANZAC round, we got to keep our ANZAC jersey. Yeah. Um, I think against the Warriors, we had a different sponsor on our jersey play up, We got to keep that jersey. So yeah, not nice. every game, but, mo- but special rounds, we get to keep it. Yeah. Just a quick break in today's episode
1: with Cam. Last week on the show, we had St. George Illawarra. Dragons front rower Jeremy Latton on the show. A very interesting chat. He's got a great story. They do call him the journeyman but he's also a glue. He's one of those players that you just need in the team. He's got
2: an incredible story and here is a quick preview from the chat with Jez. The reality is it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of time to get sure. what you want and that's what I'm quick to remind the young guys and um, just keep at it because yeah, <laughs> it might come tomorrow, it might come in five years but when you do get what you want it's well and truly well worth it which yeah. leads into 09 when I was lucky enough to play first grade I think um, I remember starting the year I was playing great footy I think we got three or four of the matches in the first yep. four games um, and then I was still playing really good footy apparently will weren't winning I just remember pulling Daniel Henderson so I wonder oh, mate, are you ever going to give me an opportunity what did he say yeah he's like oh mate you just keep working oh, I don't know if he's taken back but I was just in, at a point like, I'm like what do I have to do to get a crack yeah. and then yeah um, You've always been big on feedback, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Where, where's that come from? Uh, I don't know. I just I, I think I'm a person. If I know what's going on and I know what people's um, thinking, I, I work better. And, yeah, okay. Um, you can see I it. know what I'm working towards. I don't know. I start questioning myself and I'm wondering if what I'm doing is right. And then obviously I asked him like what he needed for me to play an hour. That, that would have been about round six or whatever. Then, yeah, round nine, I got... Uh, was that round nine? Yeah, round nine. Against, um, was it was against bunnies. It was, yeah. Um, right. Nathan Kayless rang me on the Wednesday. He Goes, you ready to play first grade this week? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I've hurt my calf. I might be playing. So he got his jersey. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, then I've gone in and, and I announced it on the as a Friday night game at ANZ, and told all my friends and family, and they, were, they, they all come down, and yeah, it was everything you ever dreamed of. That, that, that's probably the, the biggest highlight: being able to play in front of your friends and family. So please go back and check out that episode if you're really into your rugby
1: league. We've had the likes of Joel Thompson, Tim Grant, or go back and check out some of the legend stories. Guys like Monty Beetham, Brett Kenny, Andrew Weddinghausen, Bradley Clyde, Paul Harrigan, Mark Hughes, Clint Newton, Kurt Gidley. There's a whole heap of them to check out. If you've got any requests for any of the NRL boys to be on the show, please send them through. Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. It's always great to hear suggestions and let me know you know about their story a little bit and why you love them kind of so much as well I really love to hear who your kind of idols were growing up and people that you look to look you know look up to now all right guys look forward to hearing your suggestions but in the meantime let's get back to the show nice so just talking now about the mascot Jets you know you're playing in the sixes sevens just playing for mini league obviously playing for fun
0: yeah
1: how were you like were you a standout kid from early on um
0: it's hard to say. Um, we had a really good team, so I had really good players around me. So we actually did really well growing up. I think we went, we went like something like eight or nine years undefeated. What? Yeah. So yeah, we had a really good team. So. Um, was
1: there a lot of the boys that ended up in junior reps, maybe even first grade, that were playing with you?
0: Um, I was playing. Yeah, there's a lot of boys um, in the twenty systems, in the um, reserve grade systems mm. now that I played with. But I think I'm the only one to play to debut who first grade first grade there was um, guy who he was a year ahead of me in mascot jets and I, he obviously um, played the last couple of years here at South too
1: yeah he does something on YouTube I've seen something he interviews some players and things like that I'm sure it's him who? who you just mentioned Sifer. yeah really? <laughs> yeah maybe ask him about it <laughs> next time. Big talker, so I'm sure it was him that put it was one of the Polynesian boys yeah. that put it on and I'm sure that's the name that it was
0: yeah it might have been I'm not too sure
1: I haven't seen it yeah so nine years undefeated. When does kind of South start? Because they've got development squads. I'm sure that they identify you as someone that might make to the next level. Yeah. What? When do they kind of hit your parents up that you might be so, next up?
0: So um, we start. They start doing junior reps around 13. I think it's called junior bunnies. Mm. Um, I remember that. That was my first kind of junior um, rep side. And um, we went away to Foster. It was a really good trip. We, we played some groups out there and stuff like that. So that was our first kind of um, rep. And then from then on, 14s and 15s, it's the same sort of thing. That I think they go down to the snow one year. But it's all, it's just a couple games here and there. It's nothing serious. And then once you hit 15, I think I signed my first contract at 15, it was just a. It was just kind of like a loyalty contract to sell. So you I don't say. get any money back then. Oh, you got a you got a bid, but it, it was a nothing. Of or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, and it went to your school fees or something yeah, like okay. that. So, um, yeah, I signed when I was fifteen. Played my first year of Haramats at 15s, and then I came through the ranks there. So 16s, Haramats, seventies yep. SG, and all the way up to twenties.
1: Yeah, because junior apps is a decent competition. How did yeah, you kind yeah. of find? Because there's kids now, like all of a sudden Cameron Murray's a standout in the South Sydney Junior League, but all of a sudden there's another 50 Cameron Murrays, especially at 15 years old. How'd you find kind of going against players that were kind of maybe better than you, bigger than you? And that was probably the first time that might have even happened in your whole life.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was challenging, but um, as a lot of periods in my life, I I think I struggled the first year, especially me being um, a bit. Um, less mature than I am now obviously yeah. a 15 year old I probably struggled a bit going into a, an arena I wasn't um, used to so I was a bit quiet in the first year of how at Howard but um, as you start to get the hang of things and you start to sort of um, yeah like I said get the hang of things and, and um, know what you're doing there yeah. you kind of get a bit more confidence start playing with a bit more confidence a bit more skill you, sc- you start developing a bit more size and stuff and it all starts coming along so um, it's a uh, um, it's an interest, interesting process, but it's a it's a really it, it's a really good development process to to get kids to their full potential. So, um, yeah, I was I was always nervous, I, as every kid is. I was always nervous. You know, you always you know sneak a little peek in the yeah. opposite dressing room and so see if anyone's <laughs> bigger than you. Yeah. And you always get a bit nervous when. Um, The team's a bit big, but, um, you know, I've come to sort of deal with that now, and it doesn't bother me too much. Obviously, I'm coming up against guys that are 20, 30 kilo heavier than me, so um, it doesn't really bother me now. But um, I kind of got a lot of practice growing up because I did come against a lot of kids bigger than me. So, um, yeah, like I said, um, it takes a bit of time to get used to a certain grade, so... um, junior reps it's a bit hard once you get the hang of that you yeah. go up to 20s and you sort of it takes you a couple games to to get used to 20s and um then you go to reserve grade you start playing against men when you're only 19 18 yeah. so um it's a big step up there so but you, you kind of do get the hang of things and the club's been really helpful in you know blooding me at right times and um giving me a taste of um Elite footy and then yeah. sort of.
1: Um, I seem to do that really well because because yeah. twenties you're only in there for what ten or eleven games. Yeah, he went to Reggie's ten eleven games. you played first grade. or yeah, 11 games yeah, and then back. back and then kind of like it has been a good like kind of apprenticeship. now you're a regular first grader.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really it's it's really good and that's something that South sort of pride themselves on. I feel like and and they're really proud of their juniors. They're really proud of their history and um. um they'll take uh, an enthusiastic um, junior who shows a lot of potential over Mm -hmm. a marquee signing um, any uh, any day. So um, they've showed some real good faith in me and I think that's it's been a real good boost for my confidence and I think every South junior coming through the ranks can say the same thing so mm. they've done really well and they've probably I probably wouldn't be um, at the sort of maturity level that I am now if they didn't do that right so the administration there's really good for, for junior players coming through the ranks.
1: Mate your oldies must have been absolutely stoked when you made the Harold Matthews team given how they support this yeah. team and then all of a sudden you know, you followed in your dad's footsteps and now you're kind of forging your own path here. Yeah. Do you remember kind of getting that phone call saying, Cameron, yeah. you're in? Yeah, I did. It was, it, was a w-
0: it was a weird experience, actually. So we had um, our last trial game, and so they pick, like, a squad of 40 boys or something, 40 or 45 kids, and we do a whole pre-season, do a couple months pre-season. Mm. And, you know, a few unfit kids drop off here and there, yeah. and then after the first couple, first first, uh, first game or First, second or second game that we play in our um, trials they cut the squad down to a certain number then we train again and then I remember we had our third trial at Erskineville Oval and um, after that game they were cutting um, to the 22-man squad I think that they were going to run the season with and I was nervous as um, (laughs) everyone was sitting in the change room and um Um, Just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for the coaches to say, "You know, you 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 come in the coaches box and you know it was um, your fate was um, chosen for you there." So I remember sitting there. I think I was like, I sat there. I I, I watched about twenty five kids go through, and I still hadn't been called up. So I went and sat down. you know, After half an hour, 40 minutes of waiting, and they said, um, Congratulations, you, you've made the squad. And, and I was happy, I was stoked. And then um, you walked out the gym, the gym sort of um, opening doors, and then every, all, the, all your family's waiting for you there, too. So awesome. I remember walking out, um, shaking a few of my mates' hands, and, uh, congratulations. I couldn't stop smiling. And um, yeah, my, my, my parents were really proud of me then, too. So yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday, actually. It was um, real. Uh, good stepping stone for my career. That's
1: an awesome story, man. Were you captain in Harold Matz as well?
0: Yeah, in my second year I was. My first year, because
1: you were young in yeah, the first I was young. year.
0: Yeah, I, was, um, yeah, I wasn't I was captain, but um, the year after I was captain.
1: Yeah, were you captain like, you know, Mascot
0: Jets that we talked about before? Were you captain of all those teams as no, well? No, I wasn't actually captain of Mascot Jets. Um, a fellow named Jaden, as a part he was, yeah. he's a, still a close family friend, but he was always captain, he was always a ball player and stuff like that. But, you know, as it, as it goes, everyone goes their different ways. I think he's doing really well in CrossFit now. So, um, yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was our captain coming through the ranks, our mascot.
1: Yeah, but obviously leadership and traits in leaders is something that, you know, your coaches have seen in you because when you have a look at it all through junior reps for Souths, yeah. then you got the honour of actually being New South Wales under eighteens. Were you under sixteens as well?
0: No, not under 18s 16s, and
1: 20s. 18s, 20s. It's yeah. a fantastic honor that people are kind of reflecting, you know, your own maturity and your impact on your teammates as well. It must be pretty cool. Who do you kind of look look up to in the
0: squad now in terms of like maybe the Burgess boys? Like who are those leaders that you, you kind of really admire? Yeah, I think um Sammy, Sammy and Greg are probably the top two who have the, the biggest presence about them and they've actually got um, quite a different type of leadership um, style I guess Sammy's a really big talker and he doesn't only talk really well but um, he leads really well too yeah. so he's probably, to me, he's probably like, um, you know, who I inspired to, uh, inspired to be um, in a couple of years down the track he's, um, he, he runs a team around really well and um, Greg's more of the um, Lead by his action kind of um, leader, and as you saw in the uh, his first game as captain in the in the origin, yeah. uh, he did that. he did that um, outstandingly, so um, they 're both very sort of prominent figures in our team and, and everyone looks up to them yeah. um, to, to lead our team both um, in talking and, and in leading with the actions too and I feel like they're really good role models um, as leaders because um, me coming through my ranks've and and um, captaining different teams here and there I've had a huge emphasis on instead of leading with my you know my talk and stuff of that leading with my actions so um, you know I'm probably in, in the best seat in the house to, to learn off two of the greatest leaders that rugby league has ever seen so Absolutely. I'm really grateful
1: you still pinch yourself when GIs around? is around
0: yeah, I actually saw him this morning. I went to a cafe, saw him this morning, <laughs> yeah. shook my hand. He came and gave me my brekkie wrap, so it's, it's weird as. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like I've got used to it now, But and he's just my teammate now. So, um, yeah, I, I still have to pinch myself every now and then. But, um, you know, he's a really good friend now, and, you know, I can tell him anything, and, and he's the same as me, same as Sammy. Yeah. Kind of sitting next to him in a locker, we, we chat about um, all different stuff, not just 42, so they're close mates now and um, I'm really looking forward to doing something special with them this year.
1: Absolutely, I read it in an article about the grand final back in 2014 and did you get tickets because you made a rep team or something? Yeah, I
0: made this um, New South Wales Young Achievers team and it was kind of just a um, put together team of a few country boys, a few city boys here and there and we'll find out to PNG the next day but we got tickets um to the um to the grand final how good yeah so i was sitting there i think i was the only one going for south too where were you sitting we were sitting where were we sitting we were sitting like um so you know when sammy took his first hit off broke his cheek yeah. we were sitting behind him oh behind the sticks yeah. on that side yeah
1: yeah fantastic
0: yeah so that that was it there actually, because well because it was New South Wales and we had a few like um, coaches that were sort of um, running administration down in the field. They actually need a few board boys, so, so I was running around on the field as a board boy to the precursor games, games to like the twenties. Oh really? And the, That's um, cool. Yeah, it was weird. Just, that would
1: have been quite an experience. So just picture, just out of the blue, just to just have a bit of a crack. Yeah, on the field. so I was a
0: sixteen-year-old running around. Warbling. <laughs> I'm about to watch my team that I've watched for 16 years of my life get to a grand final.
1: Yeah. We were in New jersey. Who was your guy back then? My... So who was your idol, sorry? <coughs> Sammy. Sammy was the actual idol. Yeah. It must have been pretty cool, but because it was obvious from the start what he had done to himself. and It's kind of like history, because you probably all know about what Sattler did as well with, with his broken jaw. And it's like, for those guys to go on, you can only imagine what the pain that he would have been in through the yeah, entire well, game. I can't imagine it. And that performance that he put against a tough Canterbury pack, if it was against a smaller pack, but these guys have got guys ripping in like James Graham and yeah. all these big blokes that just obviously are targeting him as well. But for him to do it, it's just... Is it—is there anything like... Do they have pictures still like in the locker room of anything like yeah, that from Sam? Yeah, so
0: my first year... Actually, the first time I was there, I started training. I wasn't in the full-time squad. I just started training here and there. And they had a big board of Sammy next to a few legends, next yeah. to John Sutler, next to um, Bob McCarthy and people like that. And that was when he went over to rugby. So I think once he come back, he kind of didn't like it didn't that he like was it, like, on it the off. board, so he yeah, took yeah. it off. But I'm sure there'll be a few memorabilia going around when he when he decides to hang the boots up.
1: It must have been shattering but for a South fan to see him go to rugby. But it's great, obviously, to make him come back. And now all the stuff that he's teaching you, it must be great to have someone, not only as a leader, as a friend, as nearly like a mentor. Yeah. Was that kind of like you, how you would describe his kind of relationship with him? Yeah, you?
0: 100%. Um, like I said, I've said it before, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful and lucky for the position that I'm in now. I sit next to him in the locker, we talk about stuff, all stuff, not just not just footies.
1: All right, Cam, let's talk about your... Actually, I want to talk about just before we go on to your first grade debut because, you know, you went to Newington, so you were playing a lot of rugby union. Kind of... Was there ever an interest to play rugby union at all?
0: Um... Not really. I always grew up a rugby league kid, hmm. so um, when I, was, I was grateful that I went to Newington and I really enjoyed my time at Newington. The last two years that I played there, I, I love rugby union and, and to this day I miss it.
1: What day would you play? Thursday? Saturday. But how would you play junior reps? You play both on the same day.
0: No, so um, the rugby union, because junior reps runs over the summer period. Yeah, they do,
1: yeah, and they finish early, just like yeah. Easter sort of thing. So they
0: finish... I finished just as we kind of start going into our trial games for Newington, so it kind of worked out really well.
1: Did you ever play a double on one day?
0: Nah, when I was younger I did. I played a bit of mascot here when I was 14 and 15. I played like rugby on the Saturday, rugby league on a Sunday. But as I got older, body got a bit more <laughs> bruises and stuff like that. It was hard to sort of back up. So
1: yeah. Now let's have a look at your first grade debut, because obviously it's a, it's a big moment against Brisbane. And just having a look at my stats, I wrote something down. It was a Friday night game. You end up losing 25 14. But, you know, I think, you know, you've been in the squad obviously over the the summer. And I'm sure that it would have been one of your major goals. But how'd you actually find out that you were actually going to be playing first grade?
0: Um, So, I'd been 18th man for the first couple for the weeks prior. And I warmed up a bit here and there. Mm. And um, I didn't know till the day before Um, Adam Reynolds actually hurt his knee in the captain's run, so I got put in there. So,
1: well, wow. and remember, how do you like? Who gave you presented you your jersey? My,
0: my actually, my dad came in. He presented it nice. to me. A legend of the club came in, presented it to me. So it was a special moment. What number, yeah? What number was it? It was like 20 something I
1: think. No, 20. I mean, like, have you got a club number?
0: Oh yeah, one one three four.
1: That's it's my dad. One one three four <coughs> players that have come through South Sydney.
0: Yeah. Sutter's one one two zero, oh, I think, so there's been... No, he's one zero two zero. Oh, so there's been over 100 players' debut.
1: What's your old man? Do you...
0: He's 800 and something.
1: That's pretty cool. Does he give it to you that he's got a better number than you? Is <laughs> nah, actually,
0: there's not that much banter, actually.
1: He might have to say your <clears throat> number's better. All right, Kim, let's probably break into a couple of personality ones to finish things off. Now, superstitions. Do you have any superstitions before a game, mate?
0: Not really. I've got I'm more I'm more of a perfectionist, so I like my routines but I'm I don't have superstitions. I, mm. I like to get up at a certain time, eat breakfast at a certain time. I like to go for a swim at the beach, makes me tired. Yeah. <clears throat> have lunch and then um go home, have a sleep. I mean get to the game.
1: Yeah, no worries. All right, two more and we'll let you get your voice back. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, with South's not really having a home ground, like, back in the day when your dad played, it was obviously between Redfern Oval and the City Football Stadium. Now with ANZ kind of being shared by lots and lots of teams, do you have a favourite venue Like you like to play at?
0: Um, not really. Yeah. I like okay. ANZ, only because that's our home game. Um, I think the st- statistics show that a lot of our supporters are out there, and, um, you know they've been sort of um, suburbanized um, mm. from when South Sydney sort of came into the competition. So a lot of our supporters out there. So I like that um, we really appeal to all of our supporters and, and we get to the stadium as close as possible. So um, yeah, I like that. I like the suburban grounds too. I like the Leichhardt. Yeah. I don't think I've played at Leichhardt in first grade yet, but that's a that's probably one of my favourite grounds, Leichhardt.
1: Yeah, have you played at suncorp yet?
0: Some calls are good,
1: a good ground too. Yeah, I haven't played when it's fully packed though. Oh, because you would have played before with uh, yeah, under 18s and, there and
0: stuff
1: like that. So, yeah, nice one. Now, do you have a favorite because the same thing you, you know, you're new into first grade, and there's a few different ones. You know, Easter's always special when you guys play the doggies because the crowd's absolutely just bumper. And I know you just recently played against the Roosters for the first time, which is a derby game. Do you have a preference yet in terms of like, I know a few players have that game. Obviously, Sharks players love playing Dragons and vice versa. Do you have a game yet that you're looking forward to? Um,
0: not really. I've, as Growing up as a South junior, I've always loved playing the Roosters, so yeah, I haven't really um, developed any um, hatred or dislike for any clubs as um, in the NRL yet or, or like the Derbies, they're called. But um, yeah, I've always liked playing the Roosters, Battle of the um, Eastern Suburbs. So yeah, probably roosters
1: are my favourite. Yeah, nice. All right, final one. Now back to your childhood. This is only a few years ago. Now, you know, when we were all growing up, we had posters on our walls of people that we admired. Who did you have on your wall?
0: Um, um I think I didn't have one player. I think I remember having like a um, newspaper article. Yeah when um, Souths played the Tigers at Leichhardt and it was a full pack stadium and South beat them. So I think I had that on there for a while. Um, I had a few sign posters here and there of like squads and stuff but I didn't really have one person there. I don't think I really had a, a South any big idol until Sammy came over, he was probably my idol. Yeah. Um, and that probably wasn't when I was a real young kid but ever since he came over I've always inspired to be like him. and get to know him as a person as a footballer and he's everything i could have imagined and more so like i said before i'm really grateful to to be in the position i'm in now and 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 call him him a mate
1: yeah absolutely well cameron i really appreciate you joining me on the podcast today before i let you go i know you you're on instagram mate so We'll put that out there. So it's it's an easy one. It's Cameron Murray, but it's got an extra Y on the end. Yep, that's it. Did someone else have Cameron Murray? Yeah,
0: someone else have my name. I have to put two
1: Ys in. <laughs> <laughs> i have to get that one back for you. But everyone give Cameron a follow on Instagram. I'm sure as the years go on, it's going to get filled more and more. Cameron, my man. No worries. Thanks Thank so you. much, buddy. Thank you. And guys, that was Cameron Murray. Please, you know, do give him plenty of support and give him a follow on his Instagram. That's Cameron Murray with an extra Y on the end. I'm sure that you'll be seeing more and more on his social media as he continues to grow his profile and he continues to, you know, deliver those brilliant performances just as he has been in season 2018 and in his season 2017 debut year. As I mentioned, plenty of NRL boys have been on the show, the likes of Jeremy Lattimore, Joel Thompson, Tim Grant, as well as the legends such as Monty Beatham. Britt Kenny, Andrew Weddinghausen, Bradley Clyde, Paul Harry, and the list goes on. So if there's any of your favorite NRL people that you want to see on the show, please send through any requests or suggestions to Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com or connect with me, TalkingWithTK, on my Facebook or Twitter, or you'll find me on Instagram at Tristan Nell. First time here, please subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or you'll find it all online, www.TalkingWithTK.com. Please, if you've got two seconds, leave me a review. Really helps me continue to grow in those iTunes rankings. Alright guys, next week on the show, a bit of a rugby feel. It'll be I've recorded with the likes of David Lyons, James Horwell, and Tom Carter. We've got plenty of NRL players in the pipeline, but do get in touch. I'd love to hear who you want to actually have on the show. Alright guys, appreciate you tuning in. I'm Tristan Connell, and this was Talking with TK.